You now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D. Ray Brinson. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. So head over there and check out a review or an article um, written. We usually put one up every Wednesday, so go over there and check that out. So today, let's get right into it. Today is going to be another Take It Back. Take it where? Take it way back. Taking it back. And for this Take It Back with D-Ray and DJ William West in the building. Hi, everybody. So for, for this particular episode, I want you to close your eyes for a second. And take it back to that first day. Put yourself in my shoes, actually. We're going to go in my shoes and take it back to when I first, when this album first came out for me. Uh, I was on my college dorm campus talking to some friends. And they told me about this guy that got in a car accident. And that he was a producer for Jay-Z, had all these hits, and he was rapping. And I was like, you know, who are they talking about? And they were like, Kanye West. So today's Take It Back episode is going to be Kanye West's debut album, College Dropout, which came out in February 10th, 2004. 2004. That was a good year. Yeah. So I want you to go take it back to, again, back to put yourself in my shoes. I was on my college campus, you know, you know, a young lad with hopes, dreams, aspirations that I'm going to take over the world once I graduated after these four years of hard studying and, and, you know, focus and dedicated to my major. And during that time, this album drops. And the title itself is pretty much the antithesis to what I was trying to do. College Dropout. Man. Where were you at when you, when you, when you first heard this album or when you first discovered that uh, Kanye West was coming out with his debut album, College Dropout? I myself was a hybrid. I would consider myself a hybrid. Uh, meaning that I was, I had one foot in the door with college, community college, and I was also just on my just working grind, just hustling, just being out of high school and getting straight into just making money for myself and and, and making you know some some good money. So I was always on that teeter tot, like halfway, like do I want to be a DJ for the rest of my life or do I want to study for the rest of my life? Mm. And I was in that real, that, that real, purgatory. real. That purgatory. Yeah. That, that indecisive, got to make a decision time, that crunch time. That was that perfect crunch time. And I just want to mention, in my hand right now, we have the physical copy, right? College dropout. Um, my version is signed by the man himself, Kanye West. Um, I got a story to tell. We'll probably say it now, say it later. You I let see, me know. Go, go, in, go into it now. Break, break it down. This was signed by Kanye West. Uh, officially, I didn't buy it online. I didn't get it. I didn't have it sent to me. So this was signed during the time that the whole hype about the whole uh, the shade sunglasses glow in the dark tour. At the time, uh, I was working at uh, Verizon, um, and Verizon was uh, like a like a, a sponsor of a lot of uh, the shows that were going on during that time. Uh, and Kanye West already had about two, three, f- was that fourth out fourth album, third. Which one? Graduation. Uh, third, because it went graduation, yep. late yep. registration, or um, college dropout, late registration, graduation. Yep. Um, so it was a whole glow in the dark tour. Uh, shades were out, 
and I got this sign from him. And very, very pivotal time, a crazy time, where he actually mentioned when Katrina hit. When Katrina hit. Oh, the I don't uh, Bush doesn't give <laughs> doesn't care about black people. That, that yes, line, that yes. Line, the infamous line. The girl in front of me waiting in line to get her things signed. She had a bunch of stuff that she wanted to get signed. Uh, and at the end, we actually only could get one item signed at mm. the time. So I had actually a bunch of his albums already in my hand. I was like, damn, which one is going to be like super meaningful to get signed by Kanye? And then this chick is before me. And she goes, man, I super respect you for saying that George Bush doesn't like black people. And he laughed. He's like, yeah. He's like, he, he did. He didn't really have a real reaction. He just laughed. And she's like, that's so fucking dope. That's why I rock with you. And then boom, it was a quick thing. Like you know, get things signed and get out of there. That, that yeah. was that was. The I whole, mean, the purpose of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tons of people in line waiting to get this. It was a ton too. of people in line. It was at a Verizon store. Um, you know, radio was promoting it all day. Uh, I had some friends outside DJing in front. Shout to uh, DJ J Espinoza was DJing in front. And then I, it was my turn in line. And I go, shit, I have like six things in my hands that I want to get signed from Kanye, but we're being told that we only could have one thing. And at that time, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. What's most meaningful to me is his first album, College Dropout. It actually means a lot to me. Um, um, and, and for a lot of people that know me uh, really directly, I really am not a huge fan of, of Kanye West. Uh, a lot of my friends around me are like, yo, Kanye West is a genius. Kanye West is I'm that... I'm is one of those dude? people that say I think he's a musical genius. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Personally, he's he has some issues, but yeah, 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 yeah. Most yeah. geniuses, um, it takes that to get there. Yeah, yeah, and then I would totally respect it. Um, and then you know what? I was like, yo, I chose this album out of all like things I had in my hands. This is the album that really touches me. Uh, it was a really important time in my life, being in that middle ground where like, yo, college is important. Having nine to five is important and following your dreams is important. Like it's just the crazy, like just pivotal time. You kind of choose which direction to go. He signs it. It was super quick. It was like, yo, like sign this boom. As you can see right in front of you, like it's a scribble, right? Like, and then I was like, yo, this is not real. Yo, I'm talking to Kanye. I had a quick little conversation when I shook his hand, said, what's up? Yo, yeah. Can you sign your first album? Thank you, man. And then they kind of like shooting me away and it was just on to the next. It was super fast. And at that moment, I was like, yo, fuck Kanye. For real. (laughs) I was like, yo, fuck Kanye. He scribbled on this shit. Ain't nobody going to believe me that this is his his signature. Um, But if you look at like, I guess you can like just Google search his, his, his signature. It's pretty scribbly. Like this is real shit. Um, push him to shove. If it's that real, we you can get it authenticated. Yeah, is it's more. I would say it's more about just the fact that you know the memorabilia, the fact that you know you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all that matters. Yeah, yeah, I had a picture that day. I had a picture with Kanye, but I had uh, actually an old computer of mine just crashed, and I lost a lot of early just moments. I was on my my. My blogging shit before blogging was even cool. I was taking pictures. I was taking videos of everything I was doing back in the days, coming up as a young DJ, MC, and whatnot, and just, just, just recording hip hop. But I had a dope ass picture. It was actually during the MySpace days. MySpace. I, I actually posted it up on MySpace, but MySpace is just dead and gone. So I can't even like go back into the galleries of that shit. But yeah, that's a quick story about my relationship with this album. Physically signed, first cover, first album of the front cover. But let's talk about it, man. Let's 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 actually dive into this album because it's a really really dope album. I just want to say, my favorite album is College Dropout, his first album. My favorite to this day. Um, second would be uh, my twisted. Uh, my dark twisted fantasy. My dark twisted fantasy. I always 
messed up the title. But let's talk about it, man. This is a super dope album. Super college-themed out. College Bear, all that stuff. We'll go through all of that, man. But I love this album. Go ahead. Talk to him, D-Ray. So, uh, as I said it in the intro, that you know the album came out February 10th, uh, 2004. Let's just go right into it. The, the first track is the intro. It's about 15 seconds long. And it's kind of just like setting the stage of the introduction to the theme, the feel of the album. And then you get right into it. And and what, one thing I do want to mention before we move on past the intro is that the intro makes it feel adds to that personal quality. You're gonna hear us say that a lot uh, throughout this uh, podcast or this episode is because that's one of the recurring themes that I felt and that uh, we talked about offline before this about this album is that it's very it feels very personal. Yes, and very personal, relatable. I think would be the two key words to to focus on about this album. Um, when you go on to track number two, we don't care. Um, I just want to say that uh, another uh, key in the production aspect of this album is it was an introduction to Kanye's style, even though you already were familiar with his style, but it it was similar to his other productions, but it felt more consistent because, again, he made it for his album and it all had one feel theme, but it had several dynamics in it. And um, We Don't Care is sampled with very soul sample it has the uh jimmy caster bunch um with a sample of i just want to stop um that's where that sample is from for this particular track and then for me the production just on it is there's so many instruments on all of the tracks throughout this album but um in particular this uh album just taking the notes for this song i was like um, the instrumentation is just amazing. The horns adds to the friendly, personal aspect of it. And that's the first um, kind of sound you hear. And there is very friendly, very open, very um, inviting, inviting, soulful. Yeah. Um, uh, those are the things that I got from it and very accessible. Um, it wasn't um, so open and, and um, different that uh, the masses couldn't yeah, it interpret wasn't like, those sounds. It wasn't like far left. Yeah. Like it wasn't crazy. Like, oh shit, this is some crazy. Like we, we consider stuff like that is off the wall, like artistic. Right, like this is this is this album like puts it in front of you like, yo, this is dope. This is soulful. This is enlightening. Yeah. This is inspirational, but it's not far left. It's right there. It's right there for you to just grab it, touch it, and actually, like you said, be personal with it and and relate to it. It's so easy to relate with it, to it. For those who uh, weren't really kind of paying attention to this album at the time, but like you said, it was personal. We were rocking the the polos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in school. Yeah. It's just perfect time. Like it was, it, like it was actually during a time about uh, education was actually super important. Yeah, there's let, a big debate about that. Let's, about, let's, about, let's be real. Yeah, like it, it wasn't. Nobody was really kind of on an entre- entrepreneurial kind of uh, mind w- like wave, right? Like that, like we are now because yeah. social media has taken over. We think we're all entrepreneurs. More, plus, it gives you more. Now you have more outlets to start and and to get awareness to products, what, whatever it is you're trying to sell or get it, bring attention to. Exactly. Where at that time. It we were it was it we're at a crossroads as as a as a as a society because, the beginning of it because our parents and our parents before us it was all that you go to school you go to high school you go to college and you then get figure a good things job, out and then you get a good job yeah that is the path that is that is the pro, that is the formula you have to meet this formula if you don't meet this formula you're not going to be successful exactly but at this point in time that formula was being questioned and and put on on uh, on blast of saying. 
maybe there are other formulas that you can do. It was being where, tested. Yeah, being tested extremely and like going against were, the grain. Yeah, you were seeing people that were being successful doing not going to college and being otherwise, but then in other aspects they were saying, you know, they were saying that the college degree is now equivalent to a high school degree that if you don't have that, you're not, you know what I'm saying? So, it was so many divergent ideas and paths and, and philosophies on how you should approach life that this song in particular, we don't care. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it just touched on that. It's like it's like you know what, man. Fuck all this shit. I don't care. I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do what I feel is best for me. Fuck what what history has told me. If what, you're not what gonna you're do it, it, exactly. I'm gonna do me. And so I think that was. Uh, I think, and that's what made it resonate so much with the youth is with because yeah. because we were like we were literally at that point like man fuck this shit I don't care man <laughs> like you're telling me to do this I see people doing this and it's not working for them and like maybe this is the path for me it's like self discovery yeah, man it's a bitch the but openness like... the the that youthful spirit of of you want to take over the world but you're trying to find out how <sighs> and and blueprint right here yeah. hip hop um, blueprint right here. Kanye West told us how to do it. Perfect, man. Like you said, like it's it's just perfect timing, man. And and, and we were talking about it and discussing it. Is like I really feel like you, you really can't just say that this is was marketed this way. No, it was not marketed this way. It just was natural, organic. And it was organic and it fit. It made sense. It was smart. It was intellectual. Yeah, like. And then it just so happened to be packaged so nicely. Packaged. And, 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 and I mean, but you that can... just shows the creative nature of Kanye and his team. Yeah. Of, of having a vision of what you wanted to, of, of not just going into a, a, the studio and just making music, going into the studio with a clear focus, a clear idea. And then, of course, that idea is going to change and mold and, and become not the original version you had, but yeah. at least you had the, the focus and the direction. Went all out. Exactly. To, to, to guide you into the direction. And then you can create things that will come spontaneous. Like um, what they said about shooting the cover for that. Uh, From the cover. Yeah, that they said. Artwork. They didn't even have the idea of the bear when they went to shoot the photo. Uh, that came up at the photo shoot, but I'm saying again, and that bear is iconic right yeah, now. Exactly, but if you didn't have the focus ahead of time to say, "Oh, this is the thing we're going with," you can't get to that path. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's important too. Put that college bear out there right now on a pa- uh, on a picture. You paint it. You make art artistic work about it. That's gonna connect to Kanye. Yeah, if you look at our, if you look at the Sonic Breakdowns Instagram, we have uh, by. Um, Go check him out. He's a great artist at Mo Visuals on Instagram. Um, he did a great uh, piece of Kanye and Jay Z. Um, I'm using them as my uh, lock screen and home screen for my uh, iPad for my business iPad. So iconic. Like, I, and and I even told I told you earlier like I want to get that blown up and, and put on my on my wall in my living room uh, mm-hmm. in my house. So mm-hmm. like those are the things like like you said it's iconic, but it came from a true and genuine place. One thing I do want to touch on before we move on to the next track is just the idea of we don't care about how he addresses the stereotypes of one of the lines, we made it past 25, the joke's on you, we still alive. Of That idea of, you know, in the black community, they say, literally, if you're a black man, particularly, if you make it past 21, you're an anomaly. You're, 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 <laughs> that's we not supposed, supposed to happen. To like, you're not 25. supposed to make it past that point. And to get there, it's just, it's a blessing and, and it's sad that it has to, that, that that's, a blessing that Jokes you made it just on to you if you still alive exactly and then the other thing at this time in particular me being in college as a black man and and, and really internalizing that idea of like yo I, I made it past 21 and i'm a black man in college like for me like that that resonated with me it was like shit 
It made me stop and take a minute and say, appreciate where I've been, where it took me to get there. Shout out to Morehouse. And to keep on moving. Shout out to Morehouse. Yeah. Stunt, stunt, stunt. I'm going to let you stunt because that, that, that's that's. But it just, iconic again, too. Like that, that's what it felt like at that moment. It just bring those things to my the forefront of my mind. And again, as as he says in a later album, Roses, you know, stop and smell the roses and appreciate the things. That This particular song helped me appreciate um, some of the th- things that I've done in my life and appreciate the people that helped me get there. Uh, my grandmother in particular. Um, yeah, So much respect. I, I just think that that's another aspect of why, again, it makes it personal. Man. Um, Let me just say, yeah. as we go into the new tracks, I just want to talk about the people that he introduces into this album and just off the bat. A lot of funny skits on this album. A lot of funny skits. So funny. I'm a comedian. I'm a class clown. I love comedians. Uh, shout out to D-Ray. D-Ray Davis. D-Ray, who's known for his work on MTV, the Barbershop movie. Uh, uh, he just had a stand-up on Netflix that's out now. So get that. Go, go check that Listen out. It that. is it's really funny. I, I watched it myself. It is really funny. Um, very insightful uh-huh. um, as well um, into to, to his, his, his style of comedy. So definitely check that out. It's on quick, Netflix right now. Quick little like kind of like side note and just history lesson about how he got introduced to this album. Uh, he was also just in the middle of juggling uh, comedy and also being a rapper, so he's trying to get a deal. Uh, he met with Kanye, uh, and Kanye was actually looking for skits to kind of build his new album, and it led into into uh, uh, D-Ray emulating uh, the late, great... Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. And a lot of people think that Bernie Mac is is doing these voices and, and, and voiceovers, and also into the next album... Uh, with the whole uh, make up, uh, wake up, Mr. Wet, Mr. Wet. You know what I mean? All the funny stuff, yeah. the the uh, the voiceovers, but it's D-Ray doing those voiceovers. It's a nice homage to to Bernie Mac. Um, yeah, man, I love Bernie Mac. And I and I I I'll say that is something new that I found out, and that's another great thing about this podcast about just talking about music is. I didn't know that, and I've listened to this album so many times. I thought that the whole time. No, yeah, I thought that Bernie Mac was on the the first part. And I knew I, I knew for a fact you can I can hear I can hear D Ray's voice um for, especially for Little Jimmy I, yeah. like I already knew that part <laughs> like, so that 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 I knew I just thought they just took clips of of certain things you know yep. from um the past of Bernie Mac and and put that together and then added D Ray to to kind of bring it all home um with the comedian vibe and plus it also makes sense D Ray's from Chicago Kanye's from Chicago that Chicago love. <laughs> Man, and then uh, leading into uh, another introduction uh, of an artist that I actually respect and, and just underrated because I don't think, you know, she's not a superstar, um, but the hip-hop violinist, Miri Ben-Ari, also known for different kind of small productions on, on a different array of different artists, kind of collaborating with different artists, mm. I would say mostly after this yeah. uh, oh. album. So um, hip-hop violinist, uh, she's so dope on the violin. No, but she's, she's so dope. She's and, definitely and, dope. And I, you know, for those who know me, I DJ in the Latin world. Uh, Don Omar did a uh, a collaboration with this hip hop violinist after the fact, after this album, uh, on his King of Kings album, and she's on there just going in on the violin. Uh, and you can look at some uh, some dope ass clips out there on the internet about her violinist skills. But I just want to mention that because I, I I love to give. Fun facts about this small nerdy stuff behind the scenes. Who's recording? Who's putting little pieces together? Uh, who's playing the drums? Who's playing the violin and stuff like that, man? And I just want to add to um, about the violin, and and that's another thing that initially drew my ear to this album and the sonic properties of it 
is, like I said earlier about the instrumentation, um, for those that don't know, when I was younger, I played the violin. Okay, stunt right now, stunt. No, I, I ain't stunt. I, to, be real, <laughs> to, to be real, in the beginning, I was very embarrassed and, and uh, ashamed that I played the violin because people would give me shit for it. But the whole story behind it is I wanted to play the piano. I had to pick an instrument. They said I couldn't play the piano because that shit was too big to be <laughs> moving around and I couldn't go to the concerts <laughs> with the piano. So the only, I wanted to play the bass. They said I was too small for the bass. They didn't have a smaller one because I'm a short, skinny dude. So they, they said, I was like, all right, I'll pick the next best thing. And I picked the violin. So it went down three instruments until I got to the violin. But anyways... I started playing the violin, and again, I was ashamed of it, so I didn't really go hard at it like I felt like I should, and I'm mad that I didn't, because playing an instrument, I think, is important, and I I, I just, I enjoyed it. I just shouldn't let uh, society's pressure uh, take hold of me as much. Never. Anyways. Yeah. um, So I got past that anyways. Message. Uh, Exactly. I don't want people to fall in the same trap I did. Yeah. But um, during that time, my aunt would send me a lot of music to help me, like, to to push that, that drive and that desire to continue to play. And uh, she would send me um, a great violinist named Regina Carter. And that really got me back into staying with it. And I ended up playing for like three or four years as a Mm -hmm. result of her pushing that. So uh, the whole point of it is saying like, appreciate the arts. But that, when I got to college and I started listening to this album, that brought me back to those times of me playing the violin and like, wow, you know, you can incorporate it into hip hop. Mm -hmm. Because it was never really incorporated into hip hop to a degree where it was noticeable. And so to the masses, so yeah. yeah, so that was important. And like I said, Regina Carter is a great violinist out there for anybody else listening. And there's um another group, two guys, uh, I think it's a black hip hop violinist or something like that. Definitely go check them out. So just expand on uh on your musical preferences. But uh, I, I just thought that was really dope, and it it was so key for me and adding to the personal again quality of this album of adding those sounds elements. There's just so, so many, many elements, elements, man, that are just. Make it a classic album. And that actually ties it in. Pay attention to details. And that actually ties it into the next track, Graduation. Oh, yeah, let's, um, go. let's talk about it. Let's there go. is, that's one of the the strings and the violins in that section is so prominent to me and important in, in, in the composition of that track. Same person again. So I'm reading the uh, the the, de- the details here. Um, uh, piano and vocals by John Legend. John mm. Legend. One time, one time, and this is during like the introduction phase of yeah. John Legend too. And all vocals, I'm sorry, all violins produced and written by the person that we just mentioned, uh, Miri Bin Ari, um, going in on a. And there's a lot of violin work. Yeah. Piano and violin work. And it, and the, but the crazy thing about it is, is the way album. that is layered. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel that it's it. It doesn't seem like it's at the forefront, but I guarantee you, if you take those out, you'll notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, um, it makes so, the track. Yeah, it makes the it makes the track, and it just elevates the the composition of of all the production. Graduation day. Yeah, graduation um, day is a is a a great track to me. Uh, let, and then it leads into some some funny skits there. Of course, um, let's talk about all falls down. We all know about all falls down. It still plays on the radio to this day. It's a recurrent song that we that we listen to. Um, his first hit. His first hit. Well, I would say Through the Wire is his first. Yeah, no, that was the introduction to the album. I'll say it's his first. I No, I still say, I still consider All Falls Down his first mainstream hit. Because that, I feel, It was a crossover. Yeah, his first crossover. Quote, yeah. unquote. I hate yeah, that word. Yeah, that's what I mean. Quote, unquote, crossover. Yeah, so, so it was played on all platforms of, of Yeah, first Through the Wire was yeah. more of like, hip-hop. that was that's that underground hip-hop, hip-hop yeah. you know. That's that's that was my first introduction was Through the Wire. Yeah. And then, but All, um, all Falls Down, let's go, let's, let's bring it back, man. 
All falls down. Let's talk All about falls it. down. Who are you picking? The Selena Johnson version or the Lauryn Hill version? Well, for those who don't know, another nerd. Uh, nerd uh, out time. <laughs> nerd out time. Music nerd uh, that I am. Um, originally, um, uh, Kanye West wanted to to uh, sample uh, a the little uh, mysteries actually, of iniquity. Yeah, the, the Lauren Hill sample. Lauren Hill from from her famous Unplugged um, album with MTV, and it's just so like just straight. Her singing is it's, it's straight acapella. It's like her singing and just a guitar. Her singing and just a guitar, right? The and acoustics and is, is just amazing. I'm gonna say, well, of course, I'm gonna say that I'm 100% on Lauren Hill's side uh, when it comes to, of course, being an original sample and just it was an original idea. Um, was it? But it, are it you, wasn't a real public. But public are you track? are you only picking the Lauren Hill because it was the first one you heard, or because of the the quality of the sound because the vibe see for yeah see for me see for me nothing against selena johnson it was just too clean for me that version of it is just it was it was it was a newer version yeah it's new but it's just too clean like the the, her her singing is too clean yeah for me I like the grittiness because like you could, you can tell a, she went into a booth she you went she went into yeah. a a studio and did that version and they made it like but like the the Lauren Hill is so it's so gritty it's so it's it's the, raw the, when you when you hear the the to me because it fits the the emotion behind the song yeah all falls down he's mm-hmm. talking about at your lowest point when shit hits the fan when shits when everything's the worst it could be Here I don't want it when 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 it, when it Exactly. At that point, shit ain't clean, bro. Shit is not clean. It's gritty. It's grimy. It's dirty. And for but those... there's still some beauty in it. And oh, yeah. that's what I loved about that Lauren Hill version is because it was so gritty, so grimy, but you felt there's still beauty in it. For those who don't know, in the music world, <laughs> Lauren Hill is one of the hardest, hardest people to get cleared. Like if so many people want it sample from uh from lauren hill and the fujis from all the classics that she just sings the score super super hard and when i mean that it's super hard it's tough so that's why selena johnson is doing this interpretation but they still gave lauren hill uh she has writing credits in there yeah she has a writing and performing credits you you have to i mean that's that's just that um so I, okay, we'll we'll put the, it this uh, way. Let's talk I'll, about I'll the way. I let that be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm just saying that's my that's my feelings between the Lauren Hill Selena Johnson thing. Nothing against Selena Johnson, but that's why I like the Lauren Hill version better. Yeah. that's just my opinion. And just quickly, so we can move on. But let's talk about the uh, the video. The video is super dope with uh, Stacy Dash. Stacy, oh Stacy, before Dash. she fucked up. <laughs> before she went fucking bat wall crazy, yeah. but Stacy Dash. From Clueless, we all know her from Clueless and blah blah blah. She is sexy. She it, is Damon so bad. Dash's hold on, cousin. Hold on, let me just say the Damon Dash relationship. Cousin. She, she is so bad. She is so bad. It's like it's her and uh, me alone. And, and uh, what was it, Kelly? No, not Kelly. From uh, Lisa Turtle. Her. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from yeah, Saved yeah, by yeah, the yeah, Bell. Yeah, yeah. Her and Lisa Turtle from Saved from the Saved by the Bell. Uh, Screech's girl. Um, super bad. I love him. I still go with Lisa Bonet. All, all, <laughs> all, all of the motherfuckers, though. But 
Oh shit! Um, but that 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 video was dope. Common was in it. Uh, it's just like these small little kind of cameos. The way that they, the way but that they um, shot it, was, it too. I, I POV was, yeah. first uh, I really uh, person. Um, it was really really dope put together. But um, all falls down. That's a dope ass track. I just want to touch on before we move on. Yeah. It's just the just the um, again the 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 components of it um of the 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 contents of the lyric because something that I'll mention um later on as well is. Lyrically, I think this is one of Kanye's. No, actually, not one of. Is lyrically the most complete and finished work, um, content-wise of lyrical content. Not. I'm not talking about product. I'm just talking about just the words and highly quotable too. Yeah, and high and very quotable and, and relatable again. Because yeah. sometimes you can have an album that's very lyrically dense, um, but it's not relatable to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, um, but um. Specifically on this verse, I like the message again that I said about of being at your lowest, but being able to persevere through that. Um, he also talks about materialism, consumerism, mm-hmm. and greed all, all in this track too as well. People buy things and we don't really need them. Exactly. So, and like, so forth and so forth. So like just that idea of, of he's saying that early in his career and just also just thinking about how that juxtapositions of, uh, of him now um, and that he still wears a, a very expensive stuff. He pushes expensive stuff. But he does talk about he wants to make his things accessible and tries to give uh, other opportunities for people to to be able to buy his clothes and stuff like that. Um, so I just want to keep that in in put that in perspective, I guess. We all subconscious, but I'm just the, the first, first to admit, admit it. it. I mean, you can quote that song all day long. They it's... made us hate ourselves and love their wealth. <sighs> Tell me what a ball is that? Like, just think about that. Yeah. Just that line itself. They made us hate ourselves, but love their wealth. Touching on greed again about that idea of shorty screaming out where all the ball is at. Yeah. Um, man, so, self discovery, and a lot of self discovery and 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 recognition, like taking ownership of doing just dumb stuff, and that's what made it also again personable again, again because he's taking he's saying he's pointing the mirror on himself, saying you know, like I'm doing fucked up shit too. Yeah, but I'm I'm still doing it, but I'm also at the I'm same time aware of it. You know what I'm saying? Like and and that especially again, this was felt like it was geared for college kids. Um, because Damn, that, that's when you're at that time of questioning, like, who are you and yeah. what are your values? What do you care about? What are you going to fight for? What are you going to stand up for? What is, what, it, what is your worth and how do you relate that to others? And, and self-analyzing yourself and, and seeing yourself in the world. Like, he was questioning all this stuff. At the same time, we're questioning it. So, again, it feels like, damn, he gets me. Even all, though we're not in the same world. Like, <laughs> all these degrees, but we're not doing it. Exactly. A- anything with anything, them anything with them at all and we're also following like the uh, the, uh, the 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 formula that our parents are trying to tell us uh society is trying to tell us go this route but nothing's you know it's just like it's like it's it's not coinciding with yeah. people are telling us uh it's it's the opposite yeah and 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 then taking into account like your the your parent generation can't understand what you're going through because this is a whole time. different, this is a whole different world. Like, like with again with social media, but at the same time, they're still trying to, they're trying to give you the wisdom that they have from their world, but it doesn't relate to your world. So it's just interesting dynamics all at the same time. And then he was able to capture that and express that in a way that we can relate and understand. Following that track, you got "I Fly Away," which. It, it, it's a, it sounds like a spiritual, like the way that they have it going. Um, and if if you, for me, being at a black college, uh, historically black college, 
you have, you know, the fraternities, that whole uh, uh, spirituality kind of thing that that takes place on the campus, and it just it just really encompassed that feeling of fraternity life, encompassing and and bringing together a community and having unity. Yeah. Um, and then that just the idea of I'll fly away of trying to get rid or get away from the the issues that you're having from like off all down, like the the, the downside you're having, you just want to get away. And that takes you to spaceship. Which, which again, like again, just Timing. even talking about it, it's just the way that it was broken down. You can just tell that there was so much thought put into it because um, it just it moves I together. Spaceship and just wasn't Kanye. You said Kanye was the main producer on every track besides two, where there's uh, some say, co-producing credits. Yeah, right? I would say ninety-seven percent of this album, ninety-eight percent of this album is fully produced by Kanye West. And then there's only two co-production uh, credits uh, on this album. Uh, we'll get into it as as the tracks come in. Let's talk about timing again. Uh, this is right about the time where uh, I actually had a sister working at uh, uh, the Gap, and and Kanye West brings it to the forefront again. Relatable. Uh, he he actually has history of working at the Gap and and, and speak upon that and just kind of just like man, fuck this job. I'm going to be a producer. Fuck this job. I'm going with my heart. You know what I mean? Like that whole like vibe uh, of being in retail, working in retail in general, not just the gap, but just just working. And, and or just working in a field that working. you know that's not moving <laughs> just, in the direction of your dream at all. Like, yeah. It has nothing to do. And you know, no matter how long you stay at this job, you're not going to do, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. That that just idea of, of basically what they call them dead end jobs you're at a job where you know it's not going to get shirts. you to where you want to be i was there i was there and roughly about the same time i was already there too i, I was folding like he's just like talking about folding shirts and rapping you know at this take job take me to the back it's bad <laughs> it's like it's like damn man this is just so fucking real man uh and it hits me because you know all of my early jobs is retail I just want to really quick touch on the production as well, um, because again we talk about the soul samples. Uh huh. Marvin Gaye's "Distant Lovers" is the sample that's used for this production, and for those of you out there that know, Prince and Marvin Gaye are like my two favorite artists of all times. Like, like what's going on? I think is like almost the epitome of a perfect album. John Legend on the lo- on the vocals yeah. as well. So uh, that which added to that soulfulness and and added to the um, that Marvin Gaye soulful feel. I just want to touch on, like you said, spaceship and fly, man, and um, consequence. Woo! Oh man, let's talk about GLC and consequence. GLC and consequence, both of them to me have standout verses on this on this track. My introduction to uh, GLC for sure. Strong voice, just strong voice, and just clear as day. And everybody, everybody being consistent with the theme. Very, and that's what I was about to say. The is, theme of this song is stays consistent, even though GLC and Consequence have stand out from the verses, first seconds. Even they have stand out verses, the song still feel fits into the pocket of the album. It doesn't feel like because usually when you have a standout of of especially a guest appearance on an album or on a on a song, it makes you take away from the album to me. Like um, in certain tracks, if if so and so has an, it, it makes it same. Oh, like that should have been his song, or that should have been her song, yeah. or that should have been that artist song. Even though they have standout tracks, it still feels like it fits on this album of the College Dropout. Like I can't imagine this song on anything else. And so I, I think that adds to again how well it was composed. Ooh, next track. Yeah, next track. Jesus walks. 
put your hands up. Emoji hands up. So I'm not going to speak too much on this track for me because, you know, there's been so much said about this track. It's mm -hmm. uh, his most notable uh, song, I would say, out there, um, in, especially in the masses. Um, the thing that to me was amazing about it is that it had a chant feel. It felt like an anthem. It was it, it sampled Curtis Mayfield's Don't Worry, If There's a Hell Below, We're All Gonna Go, which is interesting, which that's the sample to a the track called Jesus Walks, both having religious themes in their title, both having religious themes in the, the production, as well as the lyrical components. Um, to me, just is an interesting idea. And the other thing that I do want to add that I felt stood out to me more than anything in comparison for this track is the fact of how he uses his vocals with the auto-tune for not for not lyrical aspects, but lyrically, or for just literally Production. instrument, for instrumentation. Yeah. For yeah. It sounds like, yeah, like, a, as, like, like if it's a string itself. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was just, like, genius. Like I say, and that's what makes me go back to that of where he's like, and that to me was something that was very innovative that I didn't, I, I don't, I, I don't notice, I've not, never noticed that in, using that form before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so to me that was very, um, inspirational in the just inventive aspect and quality of it. I want to just nerd out real quick and say I love the way that he actually put this song together, the produ the production of this song. Uh, the whole Jesus Walks part, it's from a choir. Mm -hmm. It's from him rec uh, recording a, a church choir singing that, um, that part. Um, saying it talking about it might not just seem so like kind of crazy and and just have that wild factor but uh just you know i mean it, it's 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 the small things it's the small details that putting together um this track uh makes it so great and on top of that the whole theme of jesus walks you know what i mean um and it just all just comes together so nicely um off the top of my head, you know, uh, Ryan Leslie comes to, mm, to, to, yeah. to, to, to mind when it comes to just kind of piecing things together so nicely, soulful, and just uh, just meticulously. It takes a special talent to, to piece it together like this, as complicated as it is, as well in a manner where it takes an editor's eye to know when to stop. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a very... There's a lot of complex, intricate production throughout this entire album. And <clears throat> that also adds to, like I was saying before, to me, about Kanye's musical geniuses. We've seen him switch his style to like this album being extremely complex, extremely detailed, extremely intricate, to a more a uh, stripped-down Yeezus. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Where it's still... Tracks. It's still the quality of production is still up there. You might not like it, you might enjoy it, but it's still, you can tell that it's it's masterfully done um, and the, oh, yeah. the, on the two extremes. So I just thought that, again, is, is very important to point out. I still want to say this is my favorite album. It's it's, it's my number two. <laughs> it's, it's number two. It's number two for me. All right. Next track, <laughs> Let Me Down. Let Me Down. Uh, never Let Me Down, yeah. Never Let Me Down. I, I apologize. Never Let Me Down with Jay-Z. What what can I say about this is this track, to be honest, if you played this album and ended with this track right now at, with eight, I'd been satisfied with this album. This, on, on several other people's albums, this can be an ender that they would, for their album. 
because of the way it feels, the way it flows, never let me down. It also feels in that that moment is right after Jesus walks. Never let you down. Most people, if you're very religious, you don't want to let Jesus down. What would you, what would Jesus do? You know what I'm saying? Like that idea of again, it just speaks to the the fluidity of this album, the just in the titles, the lyrics, the content, the production. A lot of famous lines in this album. A lot I mean, of famous uh, lines in this, in this song. The production is there's a lot of samples um, that was used for this uh, this this um, album as well. Hovey Baby remix, um, which was um, written by Jay Z and Babyface. Um, so they used a sample from that. They also used a sample from uh, the Blackjack, or from a group called Blackjack, um, called um, Maybe It's the Power of Love, that was written by Michael Bolton. So like, there's so many different genres and and sounds that are being used, but it's still cohesive um, on this track. And to me, Never Let Me Down just gives me that feel of like again motivational, uh, just to keep going. Uh, like that that's that's the feel I get from it. And both Jay and and also, just the idea of Never Let Me Down, of the dynamics between Kanye and Hove, of even before, in this is first track, album. they just go. They just rap. They just go, but it's also the dynamic of, Jay-Z said it in an interview recently, that they've always had this dynamic of big brother, little brother. Yeah. Kanye addressed it on uh, graduation with the song titled Big Brother. Yeah. Uh, but it's even highlighted in this song of how... The track's called Never Let Me Down. Jay-Z's talking about living up to expectations. Kanye's talking about not feeling expectations. And you can just feel like that's that's the feel that Kanye had about to Jay-Z of like, you're giving me this chance to be a rapper, producer. I don't want to fuck this up. So I'm, that's why this album is as good as it is because I'm going as hard as I can because I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to let my family down. Just So I just think that's an, an, another interesting dynamic because you know they didn't have that 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 foresight uh-huh. to see that their relationship would end up the way it is now. You know what I mean? And I'll be honest with you, it's not one of my favorite tracks just because the energy um, throughout the throughout the album actually builds up, and then like after Jesus walks, it goes straight into Never Let Me Down. The lyrics, I love them though. The lyrics are so dope between the back and forth between Jay Z and um, and Kanye, but uh, uh, energy wise, it kind of let me down. Uh, I'll just just like the kind of put that out there, yeah. Put out there. See, for me, this is one of one of my favorite, yeah. favorite ones on it, just because yeah. of that the the production. It just feels like it's it's kind of like a train that's pushing. Um, for me, and let's go to get them high. With get them high, uh-uh. that definitely is a. Uh, it feels like it's a dramatic energy change, but it's not when you look at the BPMs. Mm-hmm. It's not very much faster than Never Let Me Down. But the energy is so much different. It's yeah. so much. It's more upbeat, more uh, free, a uh, more uh, lighthearted. DJs nowadays still have this just randomly playing in their sets. Though I'll be honest with you, till this day, uh, get them high still uh, gets people going because that energy. That it's just that energy. Out. Yeah, it's just that build up energy song uh, from the beginning. It just goes, get them high. Like yo, like that shit is just so dope. It's actually a mellow ass track, but it just got. That's what I mean. It just got. It just has random energy. Uh, we have verses from Talib Kweli and Common. They both go in. Most importantly, Common just goes <laughs> in on a tangent. Like it's not even like connected to the song. Like there was a beginning, dope ass back and forth kind of 
uh, lead-in, I guess, lead-in between uh, um, Kanye West and Tyler Kweli, and they have this whole theme about talking to a chick and then having uh, Kweli on the phone, and then they'll talk to this girl so we can bag him up. I can't believe that he had me doing this <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, like we yeah. we try to smash uh, references to Black Planet. Shout out to Black Planet. <laughs> bring it back bring it back and where uh, black people meet <laughs> man uh and then you get common common sense uh last verse and he just just goes on a tangent just goes vocally uh just goes in basically talking that shit he's just talking that shit the mc shit um and this was during a like pivotal time for common too just to mention around this time right before this uh common drops the uh, electric circus album um not my favorite album at all uh, I was it was just too much kind of just just it was you, we call it experimental we call it experimental here and there uh it just it wasn't the normal normal formula for common uh just kind of electric funk or uh rock infused kind of songs and also soft and singy for me it just wasn't consistent it wasn't consistent at all you can tell there's like a lot of influence from uh from Pharrell uh, Pharrell's dope though, um, and it, I call it like kind of like that. Will I am feeling like <laughs> it just. It just felt for me. It just felt like it was a confusing. It was. It felt like it was a confusing <laughs> period. He wasn't like when Kanye it, said. It felt like just experimenting. Basically, yeah, experimentation. Kanye said. Uh, I feel like uh, uh, it's like Will I am wearing mink boots in the <laughs> summertime, um, and wearing scarves and you know crochet sweaters and all that shit. Um, but uh, he goes in. And and then after this verse, uh, Kanye and uh, and Common uh, link up to do B, and then uh, another album on top of that too. B um, classic, classic brought him back, resurrected Common. Workout plan. Let's talk about workout plan. The next track. Yeah, we're, I mean workout plan, and that's the other thing about this is I felt like the skits were properly placed to give some levity, some uh, lighten the mood, but also kind of pull you back. So that you're not, I love the video. You know, just stuck in the music. Um, and and yeah, the videos added to that aspect, um, which made it amazing. Um, and then you, so you have the skit, the workout plan, and then you have the new workout plan, which is the song with Kanye. Um, I thought it was an interesting track. Uh, just the the idea, the concept, uh, the levity of it, and shit, that shit was hilarious, man. And it's something you can you can <laughs> listen to. It has a cool vibe. Girl. And uh, it just it just was really funny, and it just again it, um, in that college life uh, or that 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 period of time um, during those years, you have moments like this where it's like where you have dumb ideas and, and and stupid situations where you you have situations like this where you make fun of things, and I just thought it was an interesting, funny idea. Trying to get my six pack Shakur. My six pack Shakur. <laughs> I'm trying to get a baller with a. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it just uh, it just was a funny skit um, and a, and a funny uh, idea um, that I think was executed properly. Uh, right when this song played, uh, I just want to mention that uh, a lot of dope dynamics in this album because if you get an if you get an album from a so called rapper slash producer, you most of the time just get one tone one kind of style and it just throughout the whole album it's themed that way there's a lot of ups and downs mm -hmm. in i call it the roller coaster of just emotion but it was like we were talking about it it's so smooth though it's not up and down segmented choppy mm -hmm. uh you can just 
easily kind of like spot it out. But no, it goes from the beginning to the end, and it just up and down smoothly, smoothly, yeah. uh, soulfully, in a Kanye way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can definitely relate it to uh, to what uh, J. Cole does nowadays, being yeah. uh, a one-man band himself. But he also has that dynamics, too, because he has his, you know just g- a good ear for music. Um, soulful as well. Um, another person that I thought about that um, that was interesting that I didn't think about till now. I would say another person that I would I'm not definitely not putting him on the same category or even close to Kanye or even close to Cole, but I can, I see a similar um, them in the similar vein, and that's Russ. Um, okay. Um, just because he produces, writes, and all that himself, and on that last album. Uh, I can't think of it. It's a white cover with the black wolf on it. Um, I, I, I think it's his first uh, debut album. Uh, I don't fuck I'm with sorry. Russ. Sorry. But <laughs> um, listening to that album, he has the same dynamics, and it's and it's very different sounding, but it sounds cohesive. So um, I think he's similar on that vein. Um, so that's just somebody I thought of um, in response to what you were just saying. The next track, Slow Jams. Um, Listen to some Marvin Gaye. Luther Vandross. The fact that they touch on all those names of classic songs and classic artists, as well as the way the production is, as well as the layout, just to me gives it a timeless uh, feel. Like I said, when we were listening to it in preparation for this podcast, I feel like that can be put on the radio right now. And for cats that didn't know about it before, they would be like, oh, yo, this, this song's cool. Like, you know, it's cool for this time, even though it's been out, what, 13 years now? I'm not going to lie. I've smashed to this song in the background. (laughs) (laughs) It's really that good. Is that good? It's that good. And it's Um, a hip-hop song. It's a hip-hop song that... that, that, Just throwing it out there. Exactly. (laughs) You got Twisted, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx giving you that that R&B feel. Twisted giving you the 90s hip-hop feel So um, with smooth production and then damn baby girl I can't do it that fast you got the sample of uh, Luther Vandross uh, House is not a home so uh, that gives a nostalgic feel to it um, and then it's just so complex uh, and intricate as well as the breakdown I just want to um, put this on the record yeah. you cannot mess with Jamie Foxx anybody who has anything to say about Jamie Foxx we gonna fight I got mad love for Jamie Foxx talented dude very talented. Showed us from the beginning from his show. Yeah. He was doing the music thing from his show, comedy, so dope. And he j- he makes this song. Yeah, he does. He, he does. makes this song. Just with the, the like breakdown said, the at the, the end. The funny, the, the breakdown at the end. Al Green. Hey. Oh. <laughs> hey. So, Man. Yeah. Th- and then, and- oh, wait, wait, hold on. The, 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 the skit before going into the song. Yeah. <laughs> Dance about 157 times. Yo, 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 Kanye, I was times. talking to his girl, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> with that smooth, slow player talk. Um, nerd note uh, I just found out that uh, A House in That Home was written by Burt Bacharach. I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. Yeah, I just found that interesting because I would have never assumed Burt Bacharach and Luther Vandross together. But oh. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, side note. Breathe in, breathe out. My least favorite track on the album. You know what? I'll, I'll 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 second that just because the energy changes. I think it's just overall energy that changes. Yeah. Um, but again, Kanye West kind of like brings it up with his lyrics. He brings it up like you know it just kind of it balances out. Um, you can't really fully hate on it. 
Um, but he has a lot of dope lines on that on on that song on this song. And what I'll say is, when I first heard the album, and when I was at the time period that this album came out, this song didn't feel out as much out of place, and it wasn't. I didn't dislike it as I do now, and that is because at that time, this song is it's a club song. Um, it's a club feel song, when especially at that time. Maybe like peace. Out. Yeah, exactly. Club party type of feel, and that's at that time as a as I was going to clubs, I was going to parties like that that would have this energy. So listening to it, it was more relatable to me f- to match that energy. Now that I'm older, that energy of this track isn't as relatable to me. Ludacris on the track, um, and uh, I actually hoped and wished that uh, Ludacris would have done a verse on it, but he ended up just yeah, doing the, just the hook. I, I would, I think, I think if Ludacris would have did a verse, he would have brought some levity to it yeah. that I think would have added to it not feeling so it much made out a better of place. Tra- it yeah. would have made a better track for sure. Um, and then you got 14 tracks 14, 15, and 16 is basically School Spirit, Skit 1, and then you got the song, and then you got School Spirit, Skit 2. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when I really knew, when I first heard it, I already knew at this point. I was like, oh, that's that's, that's D. Ray Davis. Um, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, the little skits. Uh, the, the, the I thought all the skits were hilarious, um, it's particularly with this, uh, with the song, School Spirit, uh, with the Aretha Franklin sample, Spirit in the Dark, I just thought uh, it just it has that energy of of definitely fraternity, um, fraternity life. Um, Shout to everybody who steps. Alpha I got, step. I got mad love for you. Step. Everybody who Alpha steps. Step. So like all my frat brothers out there, man. Yeah, I did a lot of frat yeah, parties sh- back in my college days. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out to all the frats out there. I know a couple of cats of my, my friends that are Kappas. Stomp with them. A couple stomp. of cats that are Sigmas yeah. and uh, Omegas. So uh, shout out to y'all. Um, but yeah, this uh, this the skits I think were very funny. I thought about the, uh, the presentation of how he in- introduces um, sororities and fraternities through the lyrics. I thought was very uh, keen and very important in bringing that culture to the masses. <coughs> Talking about the uh, the degrees too, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that shit to me was hilarious. Uh, the degrees, my dad just uh, <laughs> we, we still like. I'm pretty it's sure more. across the board, everybody like can relate to that, and also just still talks about these skits, like the skits about uh, having college degrees. And um, no, I never had sex, but I can tell you how many <laughs> I can do your taxes, <laughs> or I can do I, I I can find out how much changes in your pocket really really fast, really really fast, like like. Uh, I just yeah, all these kids were hilarious, and but I will say is now that I'm out of college and I graduated, and I'm in a profession where I'm not using my degree, <laughs> the tracks uh, resonated is, and and are even more funny than uh, they previously were. But again, still- I don't take away from my uh, my degree from Morehouse. I learned tremendous, and it is helping me Ow. in my careers. It's just not necessarily. Um, directly related talk your shit talk, so uh, i just want to put that out there um another shout out to uh to morehouse one time one time yep 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 um definitely uh the little jimmy <laughs> mo- moving up to to the secretary secretary <laughs> um but then following that you go into the little jimmy skit d-ray uh, i guess again it's d-ray d-ray uh going in on these skits and, and the voiceovers man uh so dope um and actually, uh, he also mentioned it in an interview that all this stuff was just kind of uh, freestyled. Uh, it was just kind of 
he was given a theme and he just went with it. And it's just so dope how organic and like it just And I think that's why they that's that's why it's that's why it has the staying power that it has. Yeah. Is because of, of how it came about that it, it is is real. It's it wasn't forced. It's how it was I work too. And the fact that it was so real makes it resonate. Like that 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 I can count your ch- you can see him like you can, I, like when I hear that line I can see him in the studio saying those lines and thinking of it in his head you know like as he's as he's saying it you like and you can see like I can just imagine them in the studio cracking up behind the glass <laughs> like this this fool over here <laughs> a lot of people have mimicked that voice yep from this album I'm pretty yeah. sure it's subconsciously but it's there it's because of this album don't get it twisted um, two words. Next track, most two words. Death. Most death. Freeway. Kanye West. And then uh, they used the Boys of the Choir for, of Harlem for this uh, production as well. Yep. Um, so, I, again, this is, again, one of my favorite lyrical tracks. When you just, if you want to just hear some bars, like yep. just catch a spin, this is one of the tracks I go to. Because you just, and it just, it just feels like it's, no matter how how many times you listen to it, it feels like for me, every line, you're, you're like, oh, shit, there's going to be another one. And it just feels like it's just a build. It's just a build because of the way the production is. Duh, duh, two words, most deaf. Like, it's just that feel. It's just, it's just, it's fucking motivating. I believe, just, I believe there's a video for it, uh, an official video for it. But uh, what really kind of. It's cap- a great workout track. I'll tell yeah, you that yeah. for me. What, what definitely captured it for me or what, when I hear this song. I always gravitate to uh, what uh, Dave Chappelle uh, did because actually Dave Chappelle brought uh, Kanye West, Freeway, and Most Def to produce it. You remember how you, yeah. at the end of the show, yeah, the there's the show, a yeah, performance the or a yeah, smoke. Yep, I yep, love I that. I remember that. Yep, I definitely, I definitely remember that. I love that element. And every time that I hear this song, I just click to to that. Uh, that and didn't that they episode. were they driving in a car and then in one of the scenes and. They're right. actually they're chilling at a dock, I believe. Oh, all right. So they're, like, out, they're out right next to the bridge out on a dock and, you see and just them, rapping. Yeah, and yeah. you see and everyone's all bundled yeah. up in coats and, yeah. and fucking beanies and all that shit and like just oh my and god. And you see mo- like just, yeah, just the, the energy that was that was emanated from the the screen through the words it just it, it that energy I felt it and that's why I say it's a good workout track for me because you that energy just keeps you pushing. Out of all the tracks, this is I would say quote unquote the dopest track. It's the it's the it's the best theme track, two words because everything is two words mm-hmm. as, as if you pay attention to it, um, and uh, lyrically, lyrically consistency, uh, and you have the man. I just want to say this too. Freeway, Freeway is on the track. Underrated. Underrated. I really love Freeway. Um, you know he's doing his thing right now on on on, on Rhyme Sayers, even after the fact of being a superstar on on Rockefeller. Um, I got mad respect for Freeway uh, and, and his Philly style that he, that he has, um, but yeah, it's just it's so rugged. It's just that track that just like again when we say it's like talk your shit, you just go in lyrically and just throw bars and just throw darts and they go in. Everybody. The other thing that I think that makes this this particular song work so well is. That most deaf and freeway, they both have a, a, a definitely a grittiness. Uh, most deaf has a New York grittiness. Freeway has that Philly grittiness, but and let me it's, add, it's a grittiness on the same page, but different. Most deaf has a smoothness to his voice, and then freeway has this uh, more gravelly uh, tone to his voice, 
and then with the production and them going back and forth and 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 just the, the how they feel like they're battling the beat. Mm-hmm. I think just it was that. I don't think they could have got the same production even with the same words from different artists. Yeah, it's just because the way that they balanced off each other was so I think uh, instrumental in in making this such a great track. And let me add to that the crazy dynamics about that is that at that moment in time we know. Uh, a freeway from the Rockefeller era, yeah. where he's like the flip side song, um, you know, just club heavy tracks, uh, just spitting that type of that that vibe. And then we have Most Def, how we know that is the conscious, conscious. rapper, uh, soulful, chill, introspective yeah. rapper. And so just you have those two different kind of, but they come together. All three of them come together at the same time, perfect timing. And just give us a whole different feel. But that's just, I wanted to add that. It's just that we had two different types of people right there, for sure. Like, we had the freeway gunplay, yeah. you know, state property, yeah. Beanie Siegel, Memphis Bleak era. And then we have Most Def. But Most Def goes in. He's, he starts off the song and he goes in. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I said Everybody like, holds their own. Yeah, they hold their own. But it's, it's so different, but it's, it's, so this, it's, it's so different, but so similar. It's just a, a crazy... Like, it's just, I, I can't even explain. It. I guess I guess the best way for me to explain it would be if it was a a, a piece of art, and you have one side that's extremely busy, one side that's not so busy, but there's a lot still going on, and and you blend them together, and that's how this production came together, and this this compilation of these two artists together. Kind of lightweight busted right there. Uh, <laughs> move, moving on, moving on. <laughs> um, through the wire. Now, Through the wire. Yes, I would agree with you that it was my introduction to Kanye. If I can't think back further than that, it was the uh, uh, the uh, the dope ass video. Yeah. By the, the way, and and um, the and that was edited and, sh- and and put together at MTV's um uh at the at the tech station basically kind of like. Oh yeah. Yeah, they kind of just got an editing station. They just put it that together. Um. Through the wire with the uh, Shaka Khan sample. Yeah, with the Shaka uh, Khan through the fire sample. Through the fire, and and we're thinking that this whole time is saying through the wire. That's just that, that's no, little... it is. They they switched it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They switched it because. Uh, but that's when, just like the like the, when the I genius first, in it. Yeah, when I first heard it, uh, I was like, I kept on hearing it, and I was like, like everybody that was I would talk to about it, they were saying, I was like, I was like the song sang through the wire. But I was like, I know the original. The like original my grandmother, says, through the fire. Yeah, my grandmother, my mom, my aunt. I've I heard this song enough. I know exactly where this song came from. It's Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Yeah, say it like that. <laughs> Shaka Khan. Just Blaze has done the same thing yeah. with certain songs and samples, how how it's it's titled uh in the new age a certain way and the and, and the vocals are saying a whole different thing, but then he'll flip it so we all kind of Hear it the way hear it the way that we want to hear it, and then I just because that's really what stood out to me is like I said I was familiar with the sample through the fire and it was a song that I originally loved I loved the production on through the fire I loved mm. her voice I loved the way it sounded I just loved the feel of it, um, and and just the the light hearted not light hearted but the lightness that the production feels of, of through the fire and so when I heard the this version of through the wire by Kanye West. I was instantly intrigued by the production, instantly intrigued by the use of the uh, the Shaka Khan sample, and then the way that they flipped it and through the wire, and then that caused me to learn the backstory behind the lyrics in the song of 
the car accident, what happened in the car accident, mm-hmm. uh, you know, did he really have his jaw wired, like all those things, and then you see the video that basically gives you that visual representation where of that you, time of that of that entire time for him. So you're like, it put everything in perspective, and again, gave you that personal quality. It's like. Damn, he's going through it. Like he's really. And he also said it that this uh, is his passion. He also said that whole time, because uh, he wasn't really kind of signed at all. No. Uh, it was prior to him being signed. Uh, all that, all the hospital bills, all the dental situation, that was all cash out of pocket. Uh, no, no dental plan. No, no health insurance. Um, just to add that 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 background story. Yeah. Of, so that 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 think his, about it. That that frustration of. Financially, you got to make come up with this. You're doing a job that technically you're not getting really consistent, steady, stable pay, but you still. That's why I think this album comes together the way it does because at the time it was perfect. All falls down, like all of this relates to what he's saying consistently. All falls down. He was at a time where shit was as bad as it could be, but he persevered through it and he got to the point where he is now, where he's releasing this album. Um, if you knew how my face felt, you would know how Mace felt. Thank to God, God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. Man. First Aaliyah, now Romeo must die. Like, there's so <laughs> many lines and so many, like it, like I said, it made you relatable. Because at that time, yep. if you were a youth, you were watching Aaliyah. You know about her passing. You know about her in the movie, Romeo Must Die. Some of us, as yep. we talked about uh I, I feel was, like we were very few that knew about that Romeo thing because when I've talked to other people about it, just like you have. The Steve Harvey show? Yeah, that people didn't know about the the actor Romeo being killed. That was his actual name? Yeah. Um, and how that fit into the line. And it just or, it was uh, yeah. like a, a triple entendre uh, line. And it just was just, again, From the all Never of Let this, Me Down song? Yeah. The, and then uh, I forgot to mention this on the Never Let Me Down. Again, like all of this makes sense why these songs resonate as well because the Never Let Me Down was written the night that Kanye uh, didn't get invited to Hove performing at Madison Square Garden. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. And so that kind of, again, ties into that big brother, little brother. It's like you're trying to sun me in a sense by not inviting me, but at the end of the day, that made me better. That made me write a great song to as inspiration. You know what I'm saying? So like, again, maybe things happen for a reason. I don't know. I felt like Tom Cruise in the Vanilla Sky. It was televised. There was an accident like Geico. <laughs> I was my hair was burnt up like Pepsi did Michael. <laughs> Damn it, man! Uh, again, like just those lines of making light of an of a serious incident. That's really and relating serious too. It's it, real and relating serious. it to things that we all understand. We that all can... know about the Michael incident. That's a real serious incident. Yeah. Him being in an accident where he could have died a real serious incident. That's real shit. It's like, it's all of this and tying it into, and again, making it relatable to somebody. Like, I've never been in a car accident where, you know, th- that's like that. But hearing this song, you knock it takes wood. you to a place, you know what I'm saying? Um, what I wanted to, uh, uh, yeah, knock on wood, finding wood around here. Um, pause. The whole thing about him being in this accident and kind of just uh, 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 painting the picture about that whole time being... It's it's a really depressing time to be honest with you, and at that moment for anybody, it can make or break you. You can either a go into a deep depression, just you know what, fuck it, I'm done with this, man. I I got crazy bills. You know how it is when you get into an accident. You got to pay for the ambulance. You got to pay for the uh the, uh the the doctor bills and things just stack up, and you ain't even really making it. You know what I mean? You're 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 barely making uh, ends meet, whatever it may be, um or 
you take it as okay, well, this shit happened. I'm happy that I'm alive, right? Let's 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 be real with it. I'm happy I'm alive. I got my feet. I can walk. I can talk a little bit. I can talk even better after all this is all done. Uh, my 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 jaw is wired. I'm gonna keep making music. Like that's the that's the the road that he was in. Like you know, it, it's it, it's to show you how how super inspiring and perseverance that this song is all about. And that's and that's the great thing about. And I think that's why this was the great first hip hop track for him to release, because hip hop has always been about the struggle and it making is. it through the struggle. Yeah, and and the journey through the struggle. So like since day one, so that helped the 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 hip hop heads like really gravitate to it because again, like he's like you said, he's talking about a hard time, but he's instead of viewing it in that negative light, he's saying. Nah, I made it through this shit. I'm still, I still made my, the perseverance. And instead of this being a down, depressing song, it felt like a motivation. It is a motivational song. It's, it gets me hyped. Like again, this is another track that I can listen to at the gym. Like shit, if Kanye still gets played on the radio yeah, to this day. If Kanye can rap uh, with his jaw wire shut, what's stopping me from doing what I need to do, um, in in my life and, and in that regard? So I think that's an important preach, um, um, aspect to look at it too. And then. Transitioning from through the through the wire to family business to family business, um, again it, it just fit too. And then also think about it, um, just in the in chronological order, two words. Then you go through the wire. When you have your jaw wire shut, you're not saying much. So two words ties into through the wire. You know what I'm saying? Like just that. I see idea. what you did there. I you see know what I'm saying? Like. I'm making connections. Maybe I see what you maybe, did there. Maybe I'm maybe I'm stretching. Stay hey, woke. Stay woke. But I, that's you know what I'm saying like the connections, and then you have family business because when you get into an accident, what do you realize at that point is the most important things. When you at your lowest, and when you're going through the, every time, the only thing is the only thing that you realize is important is your family. Hopefully, you do that. You do. Are you, yeah, you? Hopefully, you get. That. Hopefully, you get that 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 eye awakening moment that yes, family is important at that time. But every time that happens, every time. Someone passed away. You start. Oh, dang! I need to spend more time with people now. You know, we 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 got to pay attention to to the people around us and pay while they're still to that here. Family business. Yeah, um, definitely. Family business is, is is a really good song, um, which leads us into the last song. I just want to touch on real quick on family business. Um, yeah, go ahead. The samples that he was used, he used the Dells. So a lot of people out there, the Dells have been heavily sampled. Uh, a great group, um, and they were sampled. The sample was Funky Thing. And then he also used Ambitions as a writer from Tupac, um, which I got to re-listen to it and try to figure out. I could probably pick it out. Are you sure? Mm-hmm, okay, positive. okay. And the boy, then um, the boy did also, research. also for, for a lot of people, uh, even me, I thought uh, he was talking about his family um, for this track. Um, and so, it, it, but I found out later that he's actually talking about uh, Torre. Uh, which is one of the singers talking about uh, the singer's family. Um, so that's not his personal stories, but it still was ingenious to incorporate them and incorporate somebody's yeah. real stories because he could have easily just made up some some shit, some stories, yeah. and, and incorporating that to the story. But using real, I think, will add and add to the emotional tone because you can feel he can, you know, uh, take those emotions and, and make them real. Based on a true story kind of stings, <laughs> right? Exactly. And then that leads into Last Call. Um, Last Call, so fucking dope, yeah, man. Yeah, it is. And what a way to end the album. 
Yeah, it, 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 and, it, and it makes it feel, again, it makes it, it adds to that personal quality of your ending with family business and last call. Um, because at the end of the day, like, he makes you feel like you're a part of his family now. And I just want to say, normally, like, a, 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 an artist, an artist already has a buzz before their first album, so we know who they are, right? Like, we know who they are. Or at least we feel like we have an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's already there. The, 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 the picture's already painted. With this album and on the way that it ends, it's like, it's, 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 it's Kanye West's intro to the world, and he's telling his story on this. He puts his heart out on this last track, um, and he tells his story, his come up from beginning to end, where he was at that moment in time, and how things, just a whole relationship between him, Rockefeller Records, Jay-Z, making beats here and there from people, and just kind of just building up that momentum to be a superstar. And then he ends it with, you know, being signed and whatnot. And we saw that in the video uh, of uh, Through the through the Fire, where he gets his, his chain. Yeah, you know his, I mean? his that, Rockefeller chain. His Rockefeller chain, and that, and that just that moment of just like, I made it, man. Like, I, I, and I'm that's juice what, right now. And that's why I think the visuals for Through the Wire was important. Yes. Because when you do see that, it does make you, again, at least when, when, you, me, when you watch it, go ahead and pay attention yeah. to it from beginning in. I, I'm going to go watch it after this because yeah. I want to pay attention to that. Because at the moment of time when it first came out, we don't really kind of fully see it and, and, and take it in. But now we can. And well, what I say is that's one of the things, the things that, I, that I did notice when I first saw it. Because I, I literally remember the moment that I first saw that video. I was in the weight room at Morehouse mm-hmm. in the bottom. And they have it. If, at that time... They only had one TV, and it was right when you walked into the door. And mm-hmm. that's where the person that you had to sign in, that's their TV that they could see. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking in, signed my name, and it was playing? you see the big, it was, and, it, and it, it just felt like it was perfect. Like, I walked in, and it was right on the beginning. Like, that's dope. It was right at the beginning, and I, like, I heard, the, and that's what, I heard the, the beginning sample, and I was like, I was like, and I was about to keep walking, and I was like, oh, that's Shaka Khan. And I was like... But this is MTV. I was like, there's no way Shaka Khan's video is on MTV. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I had to go figure out. And so I stopped, and I continued to watch. And I watched the whole video, and I remember seeing him on the stage, getting that Rockefeller chain. And then I was like, especially if you listen to the words, and on first listen, you can't take in everything, but I got the gist, and I was like, damn, like, that's crazy that he went from that car accident to being at this point where, like, like, like you said, my mom made it, man. And it and feels so, good. It and, feels and, good and then to talk I walked. This. I went into the gym and I was like, "Shit, fuck this." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get yeah. swole. I was like, oh, "I'm gonna get swole." You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna get my waves back. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, D-Ray had them waves. I had them waves. I had, I had them seasick. But anyways, no, but, <laughs> no, seriously. But um, so like the visuals on that I added to that. And then I remember when I heard this album and I listened to this last track, "Last Call." You already get an idea of, and if you don't really listen to the album, he's giving you he's giving you basically a synopsis of the album at the end, telling you his his path, as you said, his story. First and foremost, rags Kanye. to riches. Yeah, and, and again, to me, that was motivational again because he breaks down all the triumphs, and even for me, like re-listening to this album now. It just gives me a lot of motivation uh, to keep going. And I've seen certain, I'm not definitely nowhere near his level, but with the podcast and the website, there's been certain things that, there's been times I felt like I wanted to give up because I'm not getting the traction or I'm not where I want to be or whatever the case may be. I'm not where I see myself. And then every time I feel like it's like, man, fuck this shit. 
like little things will happen. Just like the same situation with Kanye when he was like, well, Rivera was like, oh, they tripping. Like just those little things, those little uh, reassurance that you are doing something right, even if not everybody sees it. Um, so I've seen that and I've seen that similar to Kanye, consistency, hard work, dedication over a long period of time, somebody will recognize it. And that's what... I take as I as, the, as the as the biggest thing that I, I take from this album, and that's why to me it really sticks with me because throughout it it gives me that it gives me that you know keep going. They don't see it, but eventually somebody will that feel. And then you have lines in that's the hope you live for. Yeah, even 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 before you get to the part where he breaks down the story, he has the line of every motherfucker told me I couldn't rhyme. Now I can let these dream killers kill my self-esteem or use my arrogance as esteem to power my dreams. So, like, I, I, I quote that often, uh, that line often, because you have to have that balance of arrogance and confidence or confidence um, versus cockiness to know that what you're doing is right and that you should continue to do it and have the motivation within yourself to allow you to keep going. Um, and so... That's one of, again, the things that I take away from this album, particularly this song, and that, again, there's a happy ending. He has his happy ending. He Man. got his Rockefeller chain. Um, I love how it just... So it, we out here just trying to get Rockefeller chains, man. I, I love how it just rides out, and then at the end, it's just like, ah, oh, it's that moment of like, fuck, all the stress is yeah. over. And you feel it, even with the production. Yeah. Like you said, you feel it, and that, that shows like, how great of a production it is. So, like, you feel that feeling of release, relax. Top like, of a mountain. Like, like, we did it. Like, yo, we did it. We're done. Like, I can <laughs> breathe that that moment of, oh, bro, we did it. Like, that relaxation, that weight of the world is off. Huge intro to his life in this whole album. And the funny thing is, the sample for that is Bet Miller Bet Midler's Mr. Rock, Rockefeller. <laughs> um, That's crazy. And I, I want to uh, uh, on on top of that, I want to actually shout out to one of my favorite producers and MCs of all time. Uh, this song was co-produced by Evidence from the Dilated Peoples, one of my favorite of all times. Uh, he has a story behind this track, and it, it's it, he helped he kind of played a sample for uh, Kanye, and Kanye kind of got back to him and ended up kind of putting this uh, whole beat and this thing together with him kind of co-signed on it. Mm. Um, and for those who don't know about Dilated People, it's definitely, <laughs> we might even have to, uh, you know, I might, might, yeah, we have to, we might have to do a, 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 a review on, on, on their classic album, but Evidence, one of the dopest producers slash MCs alive, uh, promise you, I promise you, uh, go definitely look up his, uh, his catalog. But that's the background story on that, on him finding that sample and also co-producing this track and just kind of being tied in with, um, he, well, he was on Capitol Records at the time, and Kanye West also um, uh, mentions that he was trying to get a deal through Capitol Records, and Capitol Records passed flaked on Kanye, on him. Yeah. flaked on him, and he was kind of in the middle of like a bidding war of of like, you know what, you know, I'm actually gonna go with Capitol Records, and then there's Rockefeller like right here in the background, and and actually he put uh, a, a Rockefeller Records on kind of like the back burner, like just kind of on a chill. And that kind of almost kind of fell through. It's kind of like when you're trying to have like you're trying to uh, apply for two jobs at the same yeah. time, and, and then, they both want you on the same start date. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, and then you know, fuck, you know, it, and it, it might actually be that situation where both jobs kind of like pass on you. And then he he actually mentions at the end he goes, you know, he calls back to Rockefeller, hey, you know what? Um, you still got that deal. You still got that deal, and that's how it ends. 
that's how it ends. Like, hey, Rockefeller. It, is it still there? And then boom, you know. I'm a Rockefeller man. Can't look back from there. Kanye West on Rockefeller uh, Records and Rock Nation. Forever. And now we're several albums out from that. And that's man. crazy. Man, 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 man. But that was the beginning. Right there. College dropout. I got to clap one time, man. College dropout, man. I feel good about this album just because um, I, I think it's really highly slept on. I know I, I know. maybe I, I'm reaching. I might be reaching a little bit, but this album is really slept on. Um, a lot of people pass up on this because of, of just of Kanye West's newer work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you named it, uh, uh, My Twisted. My Dark Twisted Fantasy. <laughs> My Dark Twisted Fantasy. I always fuck it up. Being the best album of all time of, of, of uh, out of his whole catalog. Whole a lot of people say that, though. Like, you're not the only one. I don't think so. I think it's his second. Um, but first and foremost, uh, College Dropout is his first for me. And again, let's just recap real quick. This album just summarizes a certain point of time where it was just perfect timing. We were rocking the the polos, right? We had the polos. Everybody was trying to be on that on that fashion swag. I wasn't rocking a polo because of Kanye. That shit was already there, and he just made it cooler. I guess you can say. I don't think uh, you just. I don't think you made it cooler. I think you just brought it to the masses. He brought it's it to the, the masses. The he fact is, there. like, like. Like he was Jor- also like before, like Jordan's been popping for a minute, and now it's a bigger culture outside yeah. of it. But like, cats have you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it was a subculture, and then he just brought it to the masses, and then it became something bigger. And he was rocking um, like SB Dunks. I'm a big fan of like uh, Nike SB Dunks. He was rocking them casually. I'm like, oh shit, those are the same ones yeah. I got. I got the same ones that I saw him rocking on on MTV. And then like Jordan threes and Jordan fours were also a, a big yeah. part of his life, and 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 that whole vibe. And then on top of that, going back to the moment of time of people just being in college, and we were at a moment of time where college uh, education was was just kind of just super pushed on us from family and society, and then there was no real big internet. You know, MySpace was kind of going into a beginning phase as well, and you have small things like small social things like Black Planet, for example. Yeah. Uh, Facebook was high five. Even, Facebook just Facebook be- was like a, a freaking. To, not even a tolerant infant at yeah, this point. Yeah. So the the ability to reach out worldwide, nation, nationwide, was more difficult, and so you had more smaller pockets where you were experiencing little little subgenres like this. Like I said, so like a lot of the things, like I said, that's why I say he didn't really popularize it or anything like that. It's just the fact that a lot of small groups knew about it. And then when it was put to the masses, then everybody got to see, oh, shit. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm going to do it now, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then just just, just perfect timing, man. Um, much love, much love to this album right here. And my first introduction to Kanye before this album, actually, uh, to throw another nerd uh, kind of detail, is that he actually helped produce uh, is a song uh, with Dead Presidents. Mm. Uh, it's bigger than hip, hop, yeah. hip. Hop, he helped produce uh, the other version of that song on that album. And that was actually one of his first beats or his first kind of his era of first beats of that time. Um, and, and I just want to throw that out there for people to know. So um, shout out to Dead Press, one of the you know best groups um, ever on top of that. But again, that's that's it. And in a nutshell, we just talked about the college dropout. Talk to him, D-Ray. Um, I'll just say for me, I'll say overall, this album was... Uh, as as you say stated, it was just it was so personal. Um, 
it had a feel and it, it kind of captured a period of time, like you said, of, of my youth and my life. Um, the the fact of the intricacy, the the masterful skill of the production, the use of soul samples, a lot of the samples, like I said prior, I'm a Marv, Marvin Gaye is one of my favorite um, artists of all time. Um, the Dells, Temptations, uh, Shaka Khan, <clears throat> um, Aretha Franklin, Curtis Mayfield. These are all artists that I was very, very familiar with way prior to listening to Kanye, just growing up in my house, listening to that music, listening to the soulfulness of that from my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle, my mom. So when I heard him sampling these soul samples, again, that resonated with me because it, it gave me a feeling of home, something that I'm already familiar with, sounds that I like and enjoy. And then you add it on... Uh, the level of the lyrics and content of, of material that I can relate to, that I'm having this question and this um, kind of dealing a purgatory of what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? Where though that, that fork in the road uh, feeling of do I go after my dreams? Do I go after the money? Um, and he's addressing all of this on this album, and he puts it together in a manner that, again, is relatable and just uh, it's just accessible to me. Um, I think that was the main thing. And for me, that's what makes this, uh, I put it on the pantheon of great uh, albums. In the discography of Kanye, again, I have to put a second for me personally. Um, lyrically, I think it's his best album. Um, production, I think it's yes, his, I agree. His, his second best album. Um, and just overall, it, it's it's number two. Uh, the reason why, for me, dark Twi- my Dark Twisted Fantasy is my number one, again, is just because of the artistic uh, appeal. Just the production, the level of, I just think it was harder to make. Put it this way: on my dark twisted fantasy, he had he left himself less room for error. If if uh, all of the lights is a couple of seconds longer, it ruins it. Um, if he has one more instrumentation on um, uh, the intro track, it ruins it. Like I just feel like there was mm-hmm. so less room for error, and he just balanced it perfectly. That's why I give my Dark Twisted Fantasy an elevation um, in comparison to College Dropout. But they both are wonderful albums. Um, If you haven't listened to the College Dropout, I definitely say you need to listen to it. Give us your your comments, your your opinions about it. Where do you rank it in Kanye's discography? Let us know. Um, What albums, you again, what albums you think we should go down? Um, So far, we've done Jay-Z. By the time you hear this, you hear you've heard the Jay Z Hard Knock Life Volume Two. Take it back if you haven't. Go check that out, uh, that podcast out, and shit. Let us know what's up. Real talk. So I want to say thank you to everybody for listening to another Stay Woke podcast for this Take It Back with D Ray and DJ William West. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me again. And uh, man, it's fun. Uh, I really enjoy breaking down these albums, taking it back, and. Learning so much uh, about these albums that you know we've been listening to for forever. Yeah. Um, so again, I want to say thank you to everybody out there. Go check out thesonicbreakdown.com. Definitely check out our YouTube page as well, thesonicbreakdown.com on YouTube, our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe. Please leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as YouTube. And you know our motto: live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. And we out. Peace.